0: and welcome to A Murderous Affair, the podcast where we talk about women in history known for mayhem and murder. My name is Gabrielle, and this week, we're going to be talking about Annie Sadia Khan, or as she's more commonly known, Annie Dukin. Now, she was a chemist who worked in the Boston labs doing like testing for crime samples and things that police would collect and send to the labs to get tested because she was actually falsifying the tests that she ran. Let's go ahead and get started. Annie Dukin, was born in San Fernando, Trinidad, and Tobago in 1977. She immigrated with her parents to Boston, Massachusetts in the late 1980s and went to Boston Latin School. Now, this was a really fancy school and she ran track there. She got really high grades in science and would later claim that she graduated summa cum laude, but that was an honor that didn't actually exist at her school. Now, this was just kind of the beginning of many lies that she would go on to tell. She would eventually lie about her occupation, saying that her parents were both doctors, even though they weren't. It's not really said what profession they were in, but they weren't doctors. Other lies, such as she attended Harvard Medical School, she worked as an FBI as a, quote, special agent of operations. Eventually, this would soon graduate to falsifying emails that she would send herself and other colleagues that would talk up all the positive things about her, such as they would say how valuable she was, and then she would respond to these emails, how valuable of an employee she was, how beautiful of a girl she is, and then She would actually respond to these emails from herself with like replying to all the people on the thread, being bashful, like saying, oh, you're so kind, blah, blah, blah. She would even CC different men who she was interested in on conversation topics like how her husband, how she and her husband were getting separated or how she was a widow in order to try and get their attention. Now, in 2003, she was working at a vaccine maker near Boston doing quality control. She was noted to be one of the hardest workers there, and she would get there early in the morning and leave late at night. According to her, she also attended a part-time chemistry program at Harvard for a graduate degree, a program that she had wanted to go through before, but she had sadly been unable to finish because of the lack of money and the fact that she had to switch to a different school. Now, around the time she was supposed to graduate, this job threw her a graduation party. That's how deep she was in this lie, because it was a lie, like none of that was true. The reason that she made it up in the first place was because she wanted a promotion at her job and even after having quote graduated from Harvard she didn't get this promotion and when she didn't get it she ended up going to another lab in Boston to work. Now this lab that she ended up transferring to was completely overwhelmed and Annie's arrival was soon seen as like an angel arriving you know like they were so grateful to have her because she went through a record-breaking amount of samples. She was soon a favorite of the lab's supervisors and earned the nickname Superwoman because she was racing through double or triple the amount of tests that the average forensic scientist did monthly. In 2004, she married an engineer who was also from Trinidad. They wanted to have kids together. It was really difficult for her to get pregnant, and she suffered many miscarriages. These losses were obviously really hard for her and her husband, and their marriage was strained because of it. Eventually, she was able to carry her son Brandon to term. Now, even after her son was born, and after all these miscarriages she'd had, she spent even more time at her work. I had have chocolate at work, and that is my way of dealing with it, she told her boss when he asked. That year she went through 11,232 samples. If these numbers sound too good to be true, it's because they definitely are. Annie Ducan was doing something called dry labbing, where basically she would take a look at whatever was sent in, she would look at what the police had marked down on their control cards saying what they thought it was, and she would just look and verify to make sure that it looked kind of like whatever it was they were saying it was so it's like if it was cocaine then she could look at it be like well yeah it's like a white powder so yeah I'll say that's cocaine like she never actually tested the substance to make sure she just kind of went off of how it looked so that's what they call dry labbing now for the samples that she didn't have this control card info for she would test them but that was maybe only like apparently a fifth of the samples that she received after having quote-unquote testing them she would then sign certificates saying that she'd run all the scientific tests necessary and of course she didn't guess correctly for all of these. Two rounds of testing were done at the lab, each by a different chemist. If Dukin went first and a second test came back contradicting her initial test, she would then go and sneak off, take a pure sample of the drug that she tested and submit that for testing instead of her own sample. Now this would show the correct result which was in line for for what she had quote unquote tested. Basically if um, she ever had a suspicion that the card or whoever was going to test the substance after her would get a different result, she would go and get the substance that she said it was and replace that with what was actually the thing you're supposed to be testing. So she's forging evidence to conceal her fraud. And of course innocent people went to jail for this, one man tried to pull a scam and sell, um, nuts as crack, but the buyer was an undercover cop. He then had to watch in court as Annie Dukan swore that she'd tested it and it was positive for crack. He's quoted as saying, quote, I knew she was lying. Ain't no way, no how a cashew can turn into crack. Basically, Dukan saw herself as a vigilante. Emails were exchanged between her and some of her colleagues as well as prosecutors that talked about getting bad guys, quote unquote, off the street. She also loved being the top chemist in the lab. She bragged to prosecutors that, quote, my colleagues call me superwoman and say that I do too much for the lab and everyone else in general. Word also got around that if you had a suspect, you needed to make sure got a guilty verdict or a positive drug test to have your case sent to Annie Dukin's testing lab. They didn't necessarily refer to her by name, but they definitely referred to the lab that she worked at. As a result, she spent more and more time in the courthouse testifying To the tests that she had conducted, and with every hour at the courthouse being an hour away from her desk testing, it would make sense that her testing numbers would go down, right? She spent 92 hours testifying in the last six months of 2009, and only got through 6,321 samples this year. But that's still almost triple the average numbers that other scientists tested that year. So not only is she spending more and more hours away from her testing, but she's still coming up with these ridiculously large numbers of samples that. she has tested and saying that she had time to do both. There was not enough time for her to be able to be doing both the things she said she was doing. And this was the start of her downfall. With Dukin still pulling ridiculous numbers and logging tons of hours in court, those who worked with her began getting suspicious. They started tracking everything from how she didn't generate enough trash with all these tests that she was supposedly running to the amount of time she actually spent at her microscope. Despite co-workers reporting Dukin to her, their supervisors, no action was taken against her. That was until Dukan was caught taking samples of evidence without signing them out, therefore breaking chain of custody rules. She tried to cover it up by forging another co-worker's initials in the logbook, but the co-worker whose initials she forged wasn't there on that day, so she ended up getting caught. When asked if she violated the rules, she merely responded by saying, quote, I can see why you would think that. What an awful answer, right? Like, how full of yourself is that response? I can see why you would think that. What absolute gaslighting. But even after that, there wasn't any punishment for her, other than to switch her duties from testing directly to something else. It's not really said what. But then, the Massachusetts governor's office heard of the chain of custody breach, and the state police seized the lab. Now, this was in summer of 2012, and Dukin had already resigned from the lab at this point, after basically being banished from testing samples anymore. In August, detectives came to interview Dukin with the forged logbook and reports that she'd created, as well as questioning her on it. She stuck to saying that she had done the test, but with some shortcuts, just that she had, quote, got the work done, but not properly. I didn't follow the procedures and that was wrong. In fact, she adamantly denied falsifying reports. I would never falsify because it's someone's life on the line. But at this point, the detectives basically had this whole mountain of evidence. When the state police had come to take over the lab, all of her co-workers had immediately told them their, her, their concerns, and they went back through her work and realized that it wasn't adding up. When they were interviewing her, they just continued to press her, showing the original tests that were taken along with the various samples that showed real results, and eventually she admitted it. I messed up, she said. I messed up bad. Eventually, she pled guilty to 27 counts of perjury with evidence and obstruction of justice. There were 36,000 cases that were suspect because Dukin was involved and it cost around $30 million to deal with the whole fallout. A total of 21,587 convictions in Massachusetts courts were overturned. And just for comparison, trafficking an ounce of heroin at the time was a seven year sentence. For all the falsifying that Dukin did for all 27 counts that she pled guilty to and the complete chaos and disregard she caused, she was sentenced to only three to five years in prison in November of 2013. And one of the most infuriating parts was that she didn't even serve three full years. Instead, serving closer to two and a half and being released in April of 2016. And what's crazy is she wasn't even the only chemist to be busted at the same time. Another chemist, Sonia Farak, was convicted of also tampering with testing. In fact, there's still a bunch of things going on with the Ferrick case and its overall impact, even now in 2022. If you guys are interested in, in learning more about the Sonia Farrick Farrick case, you should definitely check out the Netflix documentary How to Fix a Drug Scandal because that's where I first learned of her and Annie Dukan and got a lot of my information today. But that is is our Woman of the Week, Annie Dukin. I thought this was a crazy one, and once I started reading about it and watching the documentary on Netflix, I kind of started remembering hearing about it, so it was interesting to kind of get back into it and read the full story of what happened and hear kind of more from the people who were on the prosecution side and who were behind making this a case because it hadn't ever really been something that they thought they could prosecute before, you know, and not really something that they thought they would have to ever go against. And both Annie Dukin and Sonia Farrak just happened so close together that they ended up really having to come up with a system for it because not only did they have one, but they had two people falsifying or tampering with evidence. I would love to know what you guys thought of this story. If you've heard anything about her or if you know anything that I didn't mention, please feel free to let me know. You can reach out to me at Frubius Reads. That's F-R-U-M-I-O-U-S-R-E-A-D-S. And I am on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, Instagram, basically any and all social media. Make sure you follow the podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, and I will talk to you guys next week. Stay spooky, friends. Goodbye!